0: You know, we need competitors on our work teams. We're not a family at my organization, we're a team. Rewarding creativity um, can make it a little safer and just being playful with, with how you banter can be encouraged that. I don't think competition is a bad thing. I think it just has to be done well.
1: Welcome to the Common Creative Podcast. I'm Paul Fairweather.
2: And I'm Chris Meredith.
1: And Chris and I are on a mission, an adventure, to lift the lid, open the door, open the window to creativity in life
2: and business through the lens of ideas, stories, and visual communication. And this week's guest, I think, leans straight into the, the mission we're on to help people become more creative and um and they practically enjoy themselves at work of young. Christy Harold is the author of a book, 10 Ways to Play. She's on a mission to introduce the idea of play into the workplace. And her, her key point is that this isn't just because it's fun to have fun, it helps businesses. We become more productive, we trust each other, and so on. Absolutely wonderful guest.
1: To just make a correction there, Chris, her book is called It Pays to Play, but the free ebook is uh 10 ways and at the end of the show you'll find out how to get a copy of that free ebook um so uh if we bring that forward so we wanted to do in the spirit of fun because it's all about having fun we just wanted to do something a little bit different today and what we'd like you to do is before you finish this episode or before you actually listen to the episode go on give us a five-star review and give us a great review now if you get to the end of it and you didn't like it well then send us an email and we'll see if we can get that reversed but uh, we're asking you for your permission before before forgiveness and we'd just like you to give us a great review because this is a cracking episode, it's all about trust so we'd like you to trust us and um, jump on and tell your friends, quickly get on now and tell a few friends you're listening to this and it's the best episode you've ever heard (laughs) That's
2: it, have some fun with your reviews, have some fun telling your your friends, and let's get Christy in to learn about the role of play. in the Yes, Chris, it is no joke, let's get
1: her in. Christy Herald, welcome to the Common Creative Podcast.
0: Thanks so much for having me, I'm excited to be here.
1: Christy, welcome. I'm very excited that you're on the show, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot. Can you just quickly, to kick us off, give us a very quick potted history about how you got to be where you are.
0: Uh, sure. So I, I grew up in a really entrepreneurial family and ran businesses all through high school and university. After going to university, I moved to the big city of Toronto where I didn't know a lot of people. And I had heard about these adult recreational sports leagues um, in the United States. And I thought, hey, this could be a fun way to combine my love of business with my own issue of trying to meet new people in a big new city. So in 1996, I started what was originally called the Toronto Sport and Social Club running sports leagues for adults, a whole variety of different recreational sports. And fast forward um, 25 years after starting off with 250 teams that very first season, we got to about 11,000 teams pre-pandemic in a year. So connecting about 150,000 people every year. The pandemic hit, and when you're not allowed to connect people through playing of sports, um, the Canadian mandates were pretty harsh, although I'm not sure if they were harsh as the Australian mandates, but we lost yeah, <laughs> We lost about 18 months of revenue. And so we pivoted during that time and started offering corporate um, team-building events, helping companies connect through play. And it was during that time that I decided to write the book, It Pays to Play, uh, How Play Improves Business Culture, to sort of help organizations realize you, you got to get the work done, but you can have a lot of fun doing your work along the way.
1: Fantastic. That, you get a gold star. That was Concise. And very
2: informative. So, thank you, <laughs> Christy. I got to jump in with with kind of the the burning question that's been on my mind the moment I heard about you. Is kind of which which is kind of how dare you introduce this idea of play into a serious place called the workplace? I mean, what what a crazy notion! What what led you to come up with the idea? How, what have your experiences been from employers when you suggest that that's what people in their businesses should do?
0: Yeah, I think the word play um, can really throw some people off, right? Like work is work, play is play, never the two shall meet. Um, Margaret Mead, have you have you heard yeah, Mar- yeah. Margaret Mead, a woman? No. Yes, I have. Well ahead of her time. Yeah, born in nineteen oh one, she she challenged status quo on women's rights, nuclear arms, race relations. She's known for having said that it is utterly false and cruelly arbitrary to put all the play and learning into childhood, all the work into middle age and all the regrets into old age. And so I, I like like Margaret Mead, I'm calling bullshit. I think that we should be having a little bit of fun at work. We spend way too much time in the workplace to not be having some fun. And so as I've built my business over the last 27 years, we've just naturally been a very playful organization. And it wasn't until the pandemic when we started our corporate arm of, of the business that we really realized there are a lot of companies that aren't having fun out there. And they don't get, it's, it's not about stopping the work you're doing and, and making sure a, break, a game of volleyball breaks out in the office. It's, it's about finding ways to playfully integrate fun and laughs into your day-to-day. And there are so many ways to do that. There's just no shortage of ways to have fun with your colleagues.
2: But Christy, if I, think I can push you on that point. In a way, what you're saying, it, it sounds a bit like, oh, we should have um, free sandwiches at lunchtime. It's, we should have better chairs. Or, it's like a perk. I I think you you're, there's more to it than that. That actually play helps productivity. That helps people think. It's it's a good thing. It's not a bonus. It's it's an important part of us. Can you tell us more about that?
0: Yeah, I actually I think it's important that companies be investing in play. I don't think it's a coincidence that play begins with P and L. That there should be a line item for play on everyone's. P&L. Oh, like
2: that. oh, that's a good one. Play begins with uh, P and L. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>
0: and, uh, it, it play when we when we invest in our teams having some fun together, what's happening is you're strengthening friendships, you're strengthening connections amongst your team. So then they become they're willing to be more vulnerable and trusting with each other. You're enhancing their relationships, and studies have proven. That um, stats are showing that when people claim to have a friend in the workplace, they're less likely to be looking to work elsewhere. They're more likely to recommend your workplace as a great organization, as a great place to work. And they've done studies that show uh, organizations where 60% or more employees report having a close friend at work, they're 12% more profitable. Like this really works because you're enhancing retention, you're enhancing engagement and energy, productivity, productivity customer satisfaction, so many benefits to getting your team connecting as friends.
1: So, uh, Christy, I, I, I get that. Look, by the way, I love, I love your book, uh, play. Um, you, you, you've obviously got a big network, kind 50,000 people you connected with in 11,000 teams. What, um, uh, do you have much trouble selling the idea to businesses? Like, you know, I think, um, and we want, I want to sort of come back also to this creativity in play, which is another thing. But um, yeah, do, do you have much trouble, or do you just uh, only work with the converted?
0: Uh, I would say no. I mean, we during the pandemic, it was we had to survive, so we started selling virtual playful events to companies. And I think my my staff initially thought I was crazy. They were saying, "What you want me to sell virtual escape rooms to?" You know, Microsoft. And I said, "Yes, uh, yes, I do. We're going to sell play to companies." And they thought I was crazy. But in that in less than a year, we did um, eight figures in revenue and uh, sorry, seven, seven figures in revenue Got to get my digits right. Um, in under a year, we produced over 1500 events for companies all around the world. And that's been growing ever since we're now doing uh, in addition to doing loads of virtual events, we're also doing hybrid and in person events for companies all over the world. And now we're helping coach companies on how to integrate play into the day-to-day the events are great like they're they're super helpful but there are ways to integrate play into the day-to-day that aren't just about booking a company event a a one-hour lunch and laugh is important Um, and a company picnic once a year is fantastic but it's about having fun day-to-day with how you communicate how you reward and recognize great work being done um, how you run your meetings how you communicate with your internal and external emails and um your terms and conditions on your legal documents. You can have fun and playfulness within all of that. Can, can,
2: Christy, can you tell us more about that? How, how do you make fun or perhaps a, a, more, a more relaxed and informal way of working part of the culture? Because it seems to me it's relatively easy to say, it's time we all had some fun, I've called up Christy, she'll be here for three hours and everyone will enjoy themselves. That's kind of <laughs> <laughs> what you could do. But surely it's bigger, it's more powerful if it becomes the way, part of the way of working... How do you do that in practice?
0: Oh, the, the list is, I mean, in the back of my book, there's an appendix that's pages and pages long filled with ideas and tactics. Um, but it really has to start with, I believe at the, it has to start from the top. Leadership has to buy into this and you will easily get people following along if leadership buys it. But one really quick, easy way to get started is set up in your Slack or your Microsoft Teams group chats at the office, set up a shout out channel. This would literally take three minutes. Create the shout out channel, invite everyone to in the organization to be part of the shout out channel and start shouting out great work being done. Just a quick, hey, I just want to shout out Kyle for um, th- this great new initiative he started to whatever. Like it could be anything. And And what happens is you encourage your team leads to start shouting out their teammates and then. Everyone starts shouting it. We have shout outs going multiple times a day. I see little things popping up. And what happens as the CEO of the company, I'm getting to see things that I wouldn't otherwise have even known had yeah. happened because I see it in a shout out. And then I can go give a pat on the back to someone. It's, it's a great way to recognize great work and it can be done really playfully and in a fun, um, kind of banter filled way. It costs nothing. It's just take, take action, you know?
2: So I, I think Paul and I have both got exactly the same question in our mind for you next, because you've probably on our T-shirts, this podcast called The Common Creative. And so one of the aspects of play we're very key to explore is whether if you're more playful, that helps people be more creative. I mean, I'll tell you up front, my, my hypothesis does, but do you have any evidence of that? And if so, are there types of play that really lean into being more creative?
0: Absolutely. It's a whole chapter in my book is dedicated to creativity and innovation that comes from being playful. Um, What happens, I I believe, is that when we encourage people to sort of just just have some fun and play. So as an example, we did an escape room one time and I had I was put on a team with a a brand new intern to our company, uh, our finance associate, who I didn't know very well, a junior finance associate and a couple other people. We do. We're doing this escape room, and we're literally doing it as a lunch and laugh over lunch. People are calling in from wherever. Um, I'm trying to solve clues, and I'm not figuring things out. And I see my finance associate start figuring things out. I'm like, "Wow, your brain! Like the way your brain works—so cool and creative. How the, how you came up with that? I never would have thought of that." And We end up starting to banter with each other. We're having laughs together, and all of a sudden, I'm getting to know this individual as a person, as a human being, versus a finance associate who I don't really get to interact with that often. And I start to see how creatively his mind works. Inevitably, what happens is I'm building up some trust and he's building up trust with me that I'm just I'm just a human. Yeah, I'm the CEO of the company, but I'm just a person who likes to laugh and have some fun. And, and so then going forward in future meetings, in re- regular work meetings, what happens is when you build this types of, type of trust from just playing and laughing together, you're more willing to throw great ideas or crazy ideas out that actually could really stick. Um, another example of that, we, we have one of our core values is find a better way. So we have our core value award every season, three times a year. We celebrate the core value award. We, it's peer nominated. So anyone, you can nominate yourself or anyone else in the organization for the, core, for the find a better way award and then it's voted on by all the peer, by everyone in the, on the team and we announce it at season finals and the top 3 people who win the find a better way Award get a cash prize of $300, $200 and $100. It's not a huge amount of money, but it's a little bit of an incentive. We're highlighting great creative work being done. We're trying to celebrate creativity and innovation by in a playful fun way. So, but but even just spending time playing together allows you to get to know people together better like if you're playing on a soccer team or a volleyball team or whatever together you get to know them as humans you start to trust them more so then creativity naturally flows from that you're not willing to be vulnerable if you're not if you don't trust the people you work with you won't be vulnerable and throw creative crazy ideas out there um christy can I just uh,
1: tell me how many people in your organization i'm just trying to get a picture. Uh,
0: yeah, we have 40 full-time and about 350 part-time. Wow. And they're all over the globe. We've got about about 20 in Toronto, but then we've got people in Vancouver, in Paris, in Calgary, in Michigan, in Cyprus, in like kind of all over the place. Um Australia? So we ha- we find ways to just yeah, play. What about Australia? Not yet. Not yet.
2: <laughs> oh, maybe we should talk <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> and is that is that both with the
1: game, sports as well as your consulting or you know corporate arm? Is that is that you're doing both, obviously. Now you're back in the, back from the field.
0: Yeah, sports is back in action, bigger than ever. Actually, we just had our biggest season ever this spring and summer. Um, we and we're in 15 different cities in Canada and the U.S. with the sports leagues, and then our corporate, we're running corporate events all over the world, like South America, Europe, Asia, Australia. Um, we've done events everywhere, and we have staff part-time people sit like helping us from all over the place, uh, leading and running those events, and then our full-time staff are. On both sides of the business are sitting in a variety of different cities okay just
1: just one thing just in terms of that hybrid or online you know chris and i've obviously done a lot online as well and we're now back in front of people i'm really interested in in this you know engage when you're talking about escape rooms which i've always thought as a physical thing but like uh, how how have you amped up the online experience to get it to be you know equal or you know to to the live experience
0: i mean it's 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 different. it's being in person to it and doing an escape room is different than um, being on zoom but when you have a team of people that are all you know you don't have to spend a whole bunch of money on flights and hurt the environment and your and your wallet um, to get people together for some laughs. you can do it once a month we have a lot of clients who do a monthly lunch and laugh or a monthly happy hour social and every month is a different event but in a, as an escape room as an example, you get your teams. Um, we always encourage fun. All the fun should be optional. It shouldn't. No one likes forced fun. So you well, invite. I, I, all three. <laughs> you invite your teams to do it. You you make sure that the teams are split up. So you get someone on marketing on a team with someone from finance on a team with someone from IT. So people cross over and get to spend some time knowing each other um, different, that they may not work with every day. And then you put them into breakout rooms. So, as an escape with an escape room as an example, they'd be put in different breakout rooms, and they're given riddles and clues that they have to solve for to advance mm-hmm. to the next stage. And we have our hosts that guide them through the experience. And it can be a um, some organizations are super competitive and will say, "Don't give out any hints at all." Um, if we don't care if everyone makes it through, we just like be super competitive. And then other organizations are like, "If someone's stuck for more than a minute." give them a clue and let's make sure everyone gets to the end of the escape room. Right. So it just depends on what you're trying to, what you're trying to solve for um, escape rooms are brilliant for cre- uh, in, enhancing collaboration uh, and, and creativity because you're, you've got to think outside the box to solve different types of different styles of clues and, and riddles. So it's a really neat experience. You,
2: you said a word here, which uh, um, rang an alarm bell for me, um, which is competition. And, and I, I, I wonder if competition is the enemy of play. In other words, if you're trying to beat something else, a, a competitor or perhaps a colleague, it's impossible to have a, a, a playful interaction because cause you're forced to kind of be a bit more vulnerable to expose potential weaknesses. And if you want to compete, you don't let that out. It, it's a, are super competitive organizations difficult if you want to introduce this idea of play?
0: I don't think so. I think when, when we play can come in a variety of components. Like let, let's think about every professional sport that an athlete plays. They are competing, correct? Um, yeah. but you could be playing the guitar and you're not competing. You're playing music. So there's, a, so we encourage companies to consider have company sports teams that are optional that people can sign up for and go out and play softball together with their team one night a week. Have a company choir that gets together to rehearse and sing once a month or a company rock band. I write about a a friend of mine who has a company rock band. They rehearse twice a month and then they put on a performance. There's no competition in that. There's competition in in playing volleyball together. When you play volleyball together and you're competing, you're learning to win together as a team and you're learning to lose together as a team. And both, I would argue, are very important. In life and in business and teach us great lessons about our colleagues. And, um, you know, we need competitors on our work teams. We're not a family at my organization. We're a team. And I want some competitors on my team because that's how we're going to succeed. I don't think competition is a bad thing. I think it just has to be done well
2: what I'm learning from you though is that, that part of the secret of getting people to trust each other is to kind of put them in, if you only interact with people in the work environment when they're in one department, you're in that department, you kind of pigeonhole people. Put them in yeah. a different environment. So let's say a sports team or a choir or whatever it might be, Look, then you're gonna see different side of book club. Yeah, you're gonna see different sides of, and then you you build up that, that atmosphere of, of trust. It's about the new environment. So let's not just restrict ourselves to a work a Formal work environment, let's find and explore other environments.
0: That's it, Chris. You're a quick learner, <laughs> yes.
1: He, he plays, he plays a lot, he plays a lot. Uh,
0: again,
2: <laughs> <he's> <laughs> okay, my guitar out there. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, actually, I, I was interested. One of the things around creativity, and we've had quite a few neuroscientists on the show talking about ideas, stories, uh, creativity. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, and basically it's very difficult, almost impossible to be creative if you're not in a good mood, you know? And so, you know, it's important. But the other thing that too, that Chris and I do a lot of is about building people's creative confidence, um, often in ways that, you know, a bit like you, you know, like not in, you know, in trying to do something, but do something that's outside the box, which give them creative confidence. Um, how do you think that play plays into that? into that building about so not so much about trust with others but just self-confidence uh in in this play thing
0: well a a quick quick story i'll tell you quickly how not to build creative confidence don't don't be a teacher in grade five who tells tells their student that the, the picture of the boat they drew looks more like tugboat annie than a cruise ship because that was my experience and i'll tell you my creative. We must opposite. have had the same teacher.
2: We must have oh had the same my teacher.
0: Oh I've been I've been afraid to draw ever since. Quite the opposite. I think we want to just be be sell, making making it a safe place for people to creatively throw out ideas, however that is, and have some laughs and encourage. Um, the more you can encourage people to strengthen friendships, the more the more trusting they'll be to throw out good, crazy, fun ideas that could be the next big thing, right? Could be the next McChicken, um, at, right? In your company, um, I can't believe I just used a McDonald's reference. But I do not eat a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> Could be your max Sports. Um, sports. Right, exactly. I mean, we we just I think it's really important to strengthen to look for ways to strengthen friendships, and the easiest way for friendships to form is by spending so a little time playing together. And it can be having a, a sports team that gets together once a, once a week. It can be having a lunch and laugh, a virtual lunch and laugh once a month but it can also be how you run your daily meetings. It can be making sure that people start every meeting with a good news. Whoever's hosting the meeting, make sure the meeting always starts with a bit of good news and it can be personal or work-win. Make sure that every meeting wraps up with a leader's choice of some sort, something fun to just get some laughs happening inside the organization. Find playful ways to creatively celebrate great work being done. All of those things are play it's just not wrapped up like you don't have to stop the work it's it's having fun with the work you're already doing mm. see. So this is a little uh boat <laughs> sculpture that i bought in la um
1: and i and i tracked the guy down and we had him on a, a show i think we had it uh, anyway like it's really interesting um it doesn't really look like a boat either but uh maybe you did maybe you <laughs> have a great i have my own story i was in a musical with her i went to a boy school girl school doing a musical together. I was 14. Final dress rehearsal the night before opening night. I was signaled out, you, you, there, you, you and the blue were all dressed as policemen in the forest of Penzance. Sing a few bars. Oh, my God, you can't sing. You have to mind. Took me 35 years to get a singing lesson. 35 years.
0: Oh. So oh. I, well, I, I, I feel your pain. Yeah, a lot of people have. But we've all had that experience, right? And yeah, exactly. I think exactly. we can foster if we can foster work work as being a safe place to be playful and creative with our ideas. Like I think it just it, when you're doing a, the key to having any kind of brainstorm session or blue sky session is any idea is a good idea. Like there are no bad ideas. Yeah. It's So important, and um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to happen. But you got to encourage that safety. And so sometimes rewarding creativity um, can make it a little safer. And just being playful with, with how you banter can be encourage that.
2: So uh, I want to share a story. I actually wrote a, um, a paper for a conference on the role of play in market research. How can you play with um, potential customers to understand them better and so on? And as part of my research for that paper, I Googled, because I wonder about adults and play. And I wrote, I googled "adult, comma, play," and I don't. I am I, guessing you could picture what comes up. A lot of very adult pictures emerge instantly. Basically, what you are googling is porn. And it, oh I, my god! Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't. Oh, that was a bit of a shock, and, 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 I, <laughs> and I put up this picture of what Google had delivered against us in, in the conference to show what it delivers. And there was a serious point behind it, which is this: that adults do play. But it tends to be in the safety of the bedroom, uh, when the lights are off, when they have no clothes on, when they're with somebody they trust implicitly. Uh, that, but that kind of that's the only place it's okay to play. Outside of it, I've got to be, I've got to be sensible, all those good things. So I, I want to lead you up to is a question, which is, why do we stop playing? What goes wrong? And why is the only kind of sanctuary that we can play in the bedroom? <laughs>
0: Okay, first of all, I would say that's one thing I actually did not write about at all in my book. I've this is the f- this is new to me. I would argue there are loads of ways to play as adults. Um, and but we don't.
2: We don't. It's not allowed to. we be grown up, you know.
0: Well, the, uh, George Bernard Shaw is famous for having saying for, for saying, um, we don't we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. So oh, I would actually. I a great one, thank you. <laughs> I would posture. I would posture that um that those that do stop playing are going to get old quickly. And um, the Mayo Clinic actually has done studies that have shown when we combine exercise. When we combine play with our exercise, so for example, if you can can combine a game of basketball or soccer or tennis with your physical activity a couple days a week, instead of just going to the gym and lifting weights or running on a treadmill by yourself, when you combine that social sport with your activity, it adds 20% longevity to your life. The social connection we get when we play is incredibly powerful. Whether it's in the workplace or in your personal lives. And one of you mentioned earlier that, um, it play makes us happier. It does. The ripple effect from play is so powerful because when you have taken time to either play guitar by yourself or go play on your company volleyball team or kickball team, you, be, you, you leave that, that experience happier within yourself. You're then happier when you go home as a, as a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a significant other, as a child or as a parent. Um, you're then happier going to work the next day, and happier employees equal happier customers. Like we've all had that experience where you, you talk to some grumpy person on the phone, what a horrible customer service experience versus when you talk to someone who clearly loves their work, they're loving their work because they're having fun at their organization.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I Chrissy, I, I really um, what you talked about there and just this, this whole thing about you know the the, the benefit. I have my own theory, you know, studying some anthropologists and that say that, you know, early man only spent a few hours a day actually working, you know, hunting or gathering food. And the rest of the time, they basically slept and played, Um, which I think is a whole thing also, you know, we go to work. So the work back then was physical and dangerous, and that's why we have this fear thing. We go to work now, we still have the fear reaction (laughs) because it's work, um, you know, and, and, and it's sort of, we equate it to survival, but it's not really survival. Yet really, if you look at it, the work should be the physical bit going to the gym and, and what we think is work should be play.
0: And, and often I think that, um, Paul, to add to that, the, the benefit we get from actually taking a little play break during the day, actually getting up from your desk and going and using that ping pong table that's in your lunchroom that instead of allowing it to collect dust and just like virtue signaling like look look how fun we are we have a ping pong table if you're not actually slaying uh, with that ping pong table you're not that fun but if you take a little recess break at three o'clock every afternoon and you get everyone to come in and play a quick five minute round the world game of ping pong you get your whole 20 30 people playing ping pong at one time the laughs that happen from that the energy boost that happens from that everyone goes back to their desk with a lot more energy and creativity and feeling a lot more happier within themselves and that doesn't need to be a ping pong table physically if you're a remote organization take a break and have a, you know have a lunch and laugh or have make sure you're connecting playfully in some form every day because the power of it is it is massive the ripple from it is massive
2: we could finish up with a few tips. There's mainly the English one inside. I, I, I'm based in Australia, but you're probably aware that I have an English accent. And there's, there's a little part of me which, when, when you say we're going to have a lunch and laugh or we're going to have some fun, that, that throws up barriers of horror. you know. I'm going to be forced to, and I'm, I'm going to make a point of not having good you know. Share some tips. How do you overcome people that might have that sort of lens on an activity that's designed to make people laugh?
0: it's fun has to be optional you cannot force fun on people because then exactly what you're saying will happen they'll just be like i that's not for me um what we i would encourage is try and get as many people as you can to participate and then make sure it gets talked about at the next company like we have a daily huddle right so every day we have a seven minute meeting and every day whether uh, we have so many i don't know probably three or four different company sports teams. Whenever our team, one of our teams has played together the night before, we hear the results at Huddle the next day. We hear about the laughs they had. Whenever there's some kind of social event that happens, it gets talked about. And so then when inevitably people are like, oh, that's something fun. I don't want to miss the next karaoke night when the team's getting together to do that. Or I don't want to miss the next book club because book club, I just heard about book club. And it actually sounds like there was a really interesting, fun discussion that happened. And you know from book club like there's so many ways to sort of integrate yeah um these having fun and so you, if you make you also should create lots of opportunity for play it's not just having one yeah. you know one volleyball team and that's that's our definition of play for our company have have lots of options so there's a little something for everybody
2: wonderful answer get everyone get everyone um christy what an amazing chat. Um, you filled with excitement and reminded me about the power of play. I, I personally believe very passionately in it. Um, thank you. Uh, how can we find out more about you? If somebody's listening wants to find out more, where do they go?
0: Uh, gr- thank you for having me. Um so I uh, my company is called Jam, Jam Group, J A M Group And there there's loads of opportunities for corporate team building playful events, whether they're in person, virtual, hybrid. Um, and my personal page is Christyherald.com, K-R-I-S-T-I. H E R O L D.com, where there's more information about my speaking, about my book. And I would love to offer um, your listeners a little something from me. Um, we've got a Anything link. Like <laughs> uh, a, a link for them is um, if they want to go to the, the page, ChristyHerald.com slash TCC. So for the common creative, um, so slash TCC25. At that, they, there's an opportunity for them to get my p- a PDF of the playbook, um, that which is Ten ways to integrate play into the workplace, and there's a twenty five percent savings offer if they would like to try a lunch and laugh, a virtual event um, with their work teams. They feel we would love to have them jam with us and try it out.
2: Fantastic! Thank you, Christy. We get our listeners get their own exclusive discount code. A chance absolutely, for the ten ways to integrate play. It's very kind of you. Thank you.
1: Thanks
0: for having me, guys. Thanks,
1: Christy. It's been uh, it's absolutely been absolutely wonderful.
0: Super fun. I appreciate your time and, and for inviting me on.
1: so Chris that's uh, I did notice that you know since we launched this I've been keeping an eye out and straight away we had a great response in reviews and five star reviews so that actually worked but if you didn't actually <laughs> you get get to do it and you had fun please jump on now and give us a great review in five stars and go
2: and tell one friend yeah uh, uh, Chris this has inspired me to be much more playful I, I, I mean it's it's we you know it's good to play but <laughs> It's, it's good for the world if people play because they become more trusting, more vulnerable. We learn about each other. I can't think of a downside. It's free. It's, it's cost-free. Oh, I think we should be more painful.
1: It reminds me, Chris, i just got to give you one quote. There was a, one of the, the sons of the founders of Cooper's Beers was giving a talk once and he famously said, people think that owning a brewery is all uh, beers and Skittles. He said, he said, I've got to tell you that's not true. Said I've never played skills in my life.
2: Yeah. Help <laughs> with that. <Yeah. laughs> thanks for joining us on the Colour Creative. Um, I hope we'll see you for next week's episode. Uh, please tell your friends, share the news about creativity at work and beyond. Cheers.